Night Talk, Monday to Thursdays, 10 to midnight. You are listening to John Gerica on SFM. All right, first topic of the day. How do we get Transnet working again? 20,000 kilometers of railway that crisscross the country once symbolized the nation's mining might and agriculture as well. Trains loaded with coal and iron ore destined for India, China, everywhere else around the world. Uh, under Transnet's monopoly. Things have changed to Transnet, though. Things are changing. Are they for the good? Let's find out a little bit more. Potejo Mojapile is a transport expert. Potejo, thank you very much for joining us. Good uh, afternoon. Um, uh, good evening to good you. Good evening. Uh, your it's listeners. Night Talk. We, deci- we decided to call it Night Talk because it's at night. We thought it was a very difficult name. Yeah, my apologies. No I'm, I'm not in the country, hence oh, nice. uh, I'm saying good afternoon. Potejo, first of all, are, with the current state of Transnet as it is, is it fixable? Look, things can be better. They can be fixed. I think what we need to start with is to try and look at the rail network uh, that we have. That is a, Actually, we don't have anymore because mm. the infrastructure is non-existent at the moment and and i think um for for you to even start saying a word transnet you should be um talking about the rail do we have the rail in the country uh, for us to qualify to even uh, call institution uh, transnet uh, that's where we need to start do we have that the answer is no we don't have that and the reason why we don't have that is because we allowed ourselves to um, get the institution to be destroyed without really maintaining basic things that needed to be maintained so that we can support the the economy. The, remember, the roads in the, in South Africa are only made to um, to support what the transnet is not able to do. Um, but the bulk of the the the, um, the the minerals that are being produced, even from the apartheid time or the uh, yeah, apartheid time, it was built around the transnet infrastructure that was um, given the, the, the much needed support into the economy of South Africa and go into the harbors. At the moment, you don't have that happening. Uh, that is why you see the roads are not being maintained. And, and, and Sandrail, to be honest with you, is being burdened with something that is really mm. belonging to um, that is really belonging to, to the rail infrastructure, which is the transnet uh, responsibility. Uh, are, you, are you underneath the speaker there at the airport? So is, uh, hopefully it's just a short announcement. My apologies, as I said, um, I'm... I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm about to go, uh, so but uh, I'm gonna try and move away. Uh, yes. All right. Let's see if we can make that a little bit better. All right. Let's. You, you brought up. You brought up the history, Potejo, of of the railways, and I think it's important to bring that up because uh, I've read reports that we had too much railway line. At, when 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 we when we moved away from apartheid, it was it was a powerful thing. The maintenance of all of that railway line would have just cost millions and millions more that the country could have afforded. So there was an idea to make it more concise, make it more efficient. Um, was that tried at the beginning, and then it just fell apart later in in the in the state capture era? Look, um, it it has not been. Um, 
there there hasn't been much efforts i, I want to say mm. i want to qualify that i don't think there was enough efforts that were put to try and um, and bring the transnet to where it was in, during their it, glory days and the reason why i'm saying that is because you know um when south africa uh, moved into democracy um th- there were many things that were working and which were not necessarily um you know there were irritating others there were things that were irritating um uh, previously but others were absolutely good for our economy but what we have done we 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 neglected the basic things of maintenance and uh, if you don't maintain anything that you don't maintain if you have a car that doesn't go to the service you know what's going to happen to that car uh, so you got to make sure that you maintain so so for us to be go back to where we are or where we need to be if you look at china if you look at europe if you look at anywhere in the world you have a massive amount of uh, rail network that supports the economy of the any any country so so with us having much needed uh, minerals within and agricultural products and we we still don't have the infrastructure i think what what we would need to do at the moment is to try and say what is it that we need to prioritize mm. um i mean you go to richards bay for example on n2 coming from uh, the site of um, uh, Mpumalanga going to the to richards bay harbor right. and and you you must see the amount of trucks that are queuing up to get into the harbor to offload the the coal that needs to go out, outside the borders and 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 that work was supposed to have been carried out by transnet so what is it that we need to do to try and get that back we need political willing we need people that can make decisions but not looking at how much they are going to uh, benefit out of the, the mm. whatever that they are going to be doing i think that's all what is needed at the moment one of the challenges transnet was given right from the beginning uh, of democracy was uh, undertaking a developmental mandate as well as a financial mandate to be able to make money the the two were very uh, they're not opposite each other and you, it can be done but it's a challenge to be able to balance development and being able to be profitable and they just weren't given the money to be able to do that development side look you 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 develop but you're not destroying if you want to develop something uh, that is already ongoing you you don't you don't neglect it because you can't just develop if you don't have anything to build on so you need to build on something that is existing the very same transnet I, i'm going to take you a couple of years back on saa you know saa was under transnet um and then it was then uh, uh, the same transnet sold all the assets of saa destroying saa saa is destroyed because transnet um, um sold all the planes that saa had uh, during Coleman Andrews, I don't know if you would remember mm. uh, Coleman Andrews' story, wh- what he has done to SAA. It is on its knees because the SAA problem started then when they were trying to fix things that were not broken and selling all the assets that we have. Right. So I think before we can talk about fixing, we 
must deal with the fact that what is it that we need to fix? And if we want to develop, what is it that has broken to be developed? Uh, because that's all what we needed to do. We needed to have men and women that can be able to uh, drive the agenda, and but but make sure that you keep the the professionalism, the profession. You keep all the professionals, uh, the experts within the industry that can uh, give much needed advice, so that we we don't. Uh, find ourselves where we are today. There's not even a train that can take you from Johannesburg to to Cape Town mm. or even to to Durban. Uh, I mean, with all what infrastructure that we had, it's a really a shame for us. Uh, okay, Potejo, let let coulda woulda shoulda. Uh, the fact is, it is what it is right now. This is the current state that we find ourselves in. There's this white paper that has come out now. Uh, it's, it's I want to call it leaked. It's been marked confidential, but it's. Um, 124-page document outlining various reforms that will be undertaken to rehabilitate the beleaguered ports and rail operators. So what one of the solutions is this something called vertical separation. Uh, they did it in the UK as well. Can you explain what vertical separation is? So so there are two models that uh, usually um, I'm, I'm going to talk about the UK one mm-hmm. uh, because that's the one that I'm actually a little bit uh, familiar with. So in UK, what they have done is that um, um, the state has a little um, uh, um, in, input in terms of uh, what the the parastatal would do, unlike here at home. Here at home, you've got a transnet that would be controlled by, basically, it's a, it's a government, similar to the SAA, uh, which is the... Um, you know, they're all under government. But mm-hmm. in the UK, it's a total entities that are definitely not in in within the, the hands of the government. But they still belong to the government, but they, they are independent and they've got their own way of doing, taking decisions as far as how the, the companies need to be run. I mean, you can look at also the same thing. They've done the same thing with the British Airways. Um, I mean, it's an independent company. It's even owned by... Uh, by other foreign, um, you know, investment uh, companies that are within there. So it, it is almost the same model. But here at home, it, it would not necessarily, uh, we would not have something like that. It is going to be very difficult for us to be able to uh, to have it that way because you would always have um, political interference and uh, political interest and, and, and so forth because... All what we are trying to do is 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 that we are trying to uh, do what we call a develop, developmental state. But mm. in actual fact, um, th- th- we have gone past that stage of uh, saying we are now on a developmental stage. We we have gone past that stage. We should be saying how do we now uh, realize the investment that has already been made uh, into this whole infrastructure that we have, and how do we then uh, attract investors? to come back into the country and be able to invest because we can go to China and ask China to come and resuscitate our infrastructure and give them the shares that they would want to to have onto our facility or infrastructure and and you know somehow they would they, we would find 
uh, investors to come into the into the country, back into the country, and get these things going. Soon as you mention the word privatisation, Potejo, the the unions jump up and down, uh, and and the governing party will say to you, uh-uh, "We can't have privatisation. That's not what we're about, and we, it needs to remain part of the state." How do you balance that with uh, those two mindsets? You need a, a bold decision from a political leadership. That's what. That's all what you need. You see, every country has uh, labor forces that would always oppose every little thing that the um, the government uh, would try to implement. But if you don't have the guards to stand in front of them and 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 show them that you are in charge and 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 this has to be done. One of the biggest problems that we have in, in our country, uh, in South Africa, is that w- when we plan, we plan for five years. Mm-hmm. We don't have a 15 years, we don't have 20 years plan, we don't have, like other countries will plan. Other countries will, will plan for 50 years. Um, and, and somebody new coming in will, will implement a, a five years plan. I mean, in five years, you'll be out of power. That plan would be gone with you. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, that plan would be gone with you. So so we need somebody who would uh, uh, would be bold to say, this is my 20-year plan. And that 20-year plan needs to be carried out um, um, in such a way that uh, it is going to be lasting for more than 20 years. Uh, okay, so... Again, the the question remains: Is it a balance that is that is politically willing to be done? It can be. It can be. We need men and women who has interest in making sure that the state is developed. That's why I'm saying: If we don't have people that would right. um, have a belief that in 20 years' time, wh- whether I'm a political leader, whether I'm a, I'm a trade unionist. Uh, but this is the plan of our country. I want to be part of the history uh, that was being made in that 20 years. If you look at, uh, for example, take for example, Houtry, uh, mm, mm. which uh, some, but something simple, a very simple thing like Houtry. You go to Houtry, it was started by Mbazima Shulowa and, and his team. Um, that plan worked well. Why can't we do the same thing with Houtry? It's a simple model that we can also follow. Why can't we do that? And it's working. There's no problem with Houtree. They are getting enough numbers. It's clean. Everything works. There's never been problems at Houtree. Um, so it's the same thing. We just need to come together with trade unionists and uh, and get everybody around the table. And this is our country. We've got to build it. Mm. Whether we've got uh, political differences, whether we've got uh, uh, certain interests, but at the end of the day, is a country that we want to live when we depart, our children should be proud to say we had parents that have built a country for us. How do you see private sector getting involved in Transnet then, and, or, or in freight rail and passenger rail? Look, there are so many interests, to be honest with you. There are so many interests in, in the industry. I mean, um, you know... The, the mining industry, um, they, they would be very much interested to invest in that. It, should the market be open in that way? They would be very much interested because they wouldn't necessarily want to um, to wait for a long time for, for their products to be delivered to where they needed to be delivered. For, for example, we know for a fact that time is, is money. 
and if they lose um, uh, time on the road, mm. uh, they lose money because we know our road infrastructure is not good. So I'm sure it's something that they can jump onto and make sure that they invest and that get done as, as quick as possible. Uh, if should the government allow um, the private investors to come into the Trustnet uh, and assist them. And I think that's what they need to do at the moment. Okay, so you're imagining it's going to come from the companies that would use the freight rail, as opposed to John Herrick is saying, you know what, I can make some money and I'm going to buy a massive locomotive. There's absolutely. Remember, locomotives are actually the last thing that you can even worry about yeah. in the whole thing. Uh, I think is the last thing that you can worry about. The main thing here is about the network. It's about the the electricity that drives mm. that network. Uh, um, you know, the, the the security around the network that 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 does that. And if you remember, I mean, during your time, probably you and I, we would take a train uh, to go to, uh, let's say, Cape Town. In the middle of nowhere, you would find a house somewhere there with a, a, a rail security yeah. all over the place and making sure that they protect this. At the moment, those things are gone. And and those things were not done because there was no uh, plan for, for mm. that. They were done because purposely they wanted to protect the infrastructure. But we have killed it. It seemed like such an easy way to create jobs, the railway infrastructure. As you say, there were all the railway houses that they used to dot the landscape. There were people who used to have to run switches. There were people who had to maintain the locomotives and the wheels. And uh, and I joke about the wheel tapper and the wheel tapper's mate. There were always two people that were doing that job. It just seemed like it, it not a difficult thing to have to do, but... Would, Okay, but that's that's in the past again. Let's talk about the future. Uh, you mentioned those challenges that that uh, private investors are going to face. It's not just the cost and the inf- and and the rail infrastructure. It's all the other things that go around with it. Is there or are, would there be people that would want to get involved besides the mines? Do you, do you imagine a China coming in, and then should we be wary of that? There's a lot. There's there's even Australians uh, that have already. Uh, knocked at transnet doors many times. Okay. Uh, there's Americans. Um, th- there's enough interest on on that. Look, anywhere where there's a need for rail infrastructure, uh, whether it's Europe, whether it's here, there's there's so much interest. Um, so there's no doubt about that. It's it's just purely a matter of us being open up um, and and give anybody who wants an opportunity to come and, and invest in our country. And I think that's what we need to do. And we must, really need to step up and do that. But it must be controlled somehow. There must still be uh, good checks and balances to make sure that the people coming in are safe and secure and are legitimate businesses and they're not just going to, to take everything out of the country for free. Yeah, yeah, sure. We've got laws in our country. South Africa has great laws, uh, John, and and I've got no doubt that uh, those that those laws that have been made to govern or to help us to govern our country uh, can be utilized to make sure that we protect our market. Our market needs to be protected. Mm. I'm one of those that believes that South Africans deserve uh, to be given opportunity more than any other company. I, I mean, even on aviation space, I'm one of those that says. We can't allow a lot of uh, foreign airlines flocking into our country mm. and not giving our airlines, our own airlines, opportunity to also participate in their markets. Um, so so it's, it's the same route that 
that's why we've got the thing the likes of competition commission that will always uh, um, you know make sure that before any transaction uh, signed off you've got a tribunal where they will uh, have a look at all those kind of uh, uh, checks and balances and make sure that everything is right and then those those laws are not just laws on paper we must make use of them and make sure that the the transaction is fair and 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 it's really protecting the market of the uh, uh, and the economy of South Africa just quickly if if let, let's, with, a, with a broad stroke, all the railway lines get put down tomorrow and, and all the infrastructure is put in. Ha, do those need to be modernized? Or is, is what is down currently, is that okay? If, if all the electricity was running and the railway lines were down on the ground? Look, the network is there as we speak. The network is there. We just need to modernize it and, and get going. Well, that's, that's what I mean. What do do, do we need to... You don't need to build... We don't need to change the gauge or, or, or add in extra electricity supply or something like that. Uh, it's though that if if that was repaired and fixed tomorrow, it would be okay for the world. It will be good for. To, there was nothing wrong. Remember, right. there was nothing wrong with with the infrastructure that we had. There was certainly nothing wrong. We just need to fix what was there. If we need to modernize it, it will be a stage by stage. But right. at this stage, we just need to get going what was there before. Uh, so that we don't have to spend uh, a lot of money in mm. in creating things that we don't have. Let's work with what we had we there have, before. We still have yeah. uh, expertise uh, that can also maintain whatever that was uh, damaged uh, or, or destroyed. Do you get frustrated when you hear leaders say, we're going to put a high-speed rail line in between here and there, we're going to do high-speed here and there? It's like, well, let's just fix the slow speed first, and then we can start talking high-speed. Or are you happy with, let's put the high-speed in as well as? At the moment, we have nothing. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, too fascinated about high speed and and low speed. And right. what what we need at the moment is to make sure that we have infrastructure that can support the economy. At the moment, we don't have, mm. and and I don't think that uh, we should be talking about high speed. Who's going to, uh, uh, who's going to be going on 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 that high speed? I mean, we've got planes; they go much faster <laughs> than the train. So we can use the the planes for now, but let's sort out the trains to carry our goods um, on the ground and yeah. and reduce the load of uh, uh, trucks on the roads that we have because our road infrastructure are bad in a bad state because, because of, of the, the lack yeah. of rails that are working. Yeah, uh, if you're in an international airport now, you probably took a train into the international airport, didn't you? <laughs> Unfortunately <laughs> not. Um, yeah. You right. know, when you are an aviator, you always get carried around. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's the life of an aviator. All right. Patejo Mojapile, thank you very much. Transport experts updating us on what's happening at Transnet. It's a long journey ahead yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's one of those stories. Whenever you go overseas, it's it's the first thing you notice. You land in your airport, and even the smaller ones, and you hop on a train, and that train takes you to a bus. You get on the bus, and you get off at your at your hotel or wherever you're staying. It's just it's just a joy to be able to do that. And yeah, we've got the car train at Oatambo, which is great. Cape Town has the the buses. Um, I'm I'm going to Durban. On Saturday, I'll tell you what Saturday is. I'll tell you what. There's no railway line in Durban up to the up to the airport, and I don't understand why. There's there was a railway line there. I'll find out. I'll find out on Saturday.